Now, um, um, we're continuing in the series which I began at the start of this year called The Believer's Battle. And it is very necessary because as Christians or as believers, we are supposed to be in battle all of our earthly days. We're supposed to be in battle. We are not expected to sit in the comfort of this world, quite honestly, which really is discomfort, but a lot of people see it as comfort of this world as though everything is going to remain as it is. Everything is not going to remain as it is. Jesus is going to return to uh, to rapture to take his own home. Those of us who believe to him is going to come and take us away from here before the tribulation uh, begins for the non-believers. And this world, as we see it, is going to be taken out as it is. The Lord is going to destroy it as it is. Because the world and the, uh, and its peoples, well, the peoples of the world, have made the world what it is, have detracted from God's original plan. God did not plan for a world that's full of sin. God did not plan for an idolatrous world. God did not plan for a world that is so materialistic that they they have chosen to ignore all the precepts of the Creator, let alone the scientists who were trying to convince us with each new day that God does not exist. There is no God. And these are supposed to be the most intelligent people of the world, and they come up with this sort of ridiculous theory saying everything just happened by accident. But listen, if you sit down and look into the work of God, sit down and look at the oceans, at the, at the great seas, at the life under, in the seas, if you look at the wildlife, if you look at the trees alone, look at the flowers and the seasons of every year, it'll be, it'll be interesting that you can come up with the conclusion that this must all have been an accident. Because everything is in such perfect order has always been and will be will always be, because that is what God has ordained. That is how God set everything in place. The moon, the stars, everything happens as it happens. Humans go about in the daytime, about our daily uh, runs. In the daytime, our body intuitively knows when to wake up and when to demand rest. And we go about our affairs. The wild animals in 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 the forest, they know when to go about their business. They know when to search for food. They're those who prowl in the day. They're those who prowl at night. Everything happens. Each, each created being reproduces its own kind. And somebody tells me that's an accident. And these are the intelligent people you want to follow. You know what, God, what the Bible says? That God took the foolish things of the world just to shame the wise. He took the intelligent things of the world to shame, the simple things of the world to, cha- to, to shame the, the, the intelligent ones. Because the wisdom of this world, the Bible says, that is the intelligence of the world, is foolishness in the sight of God. But the Bible also tells us that we have got the come down to us the wisdom of God, and that is Christ Jesus. So any kind of wisdom you want to follow that is not en- encompassed in Christ and his teachings is nothing but mere wisdom of this world which does not come from God. And for that you get in a lot of trouble because, you see, this, the, the words of the world and the intelligence of the world cannot save you, cannot deliver you. We need the wisdom of Christ. And in this, Jesus said, when the people, um, after the miracle of the feeding of the 
5,000. Uh, bearing in mind, this wasn't just 5,000. Even if it was 5,000, it was it was still an amazing miracle. But the Bible says it was 5,000 men, excluding women and children. But whatever the, the number of the crowd was, Jesus did this amazing thing. And he left that place. And if we go into uh, the Gospel uh, according to John, chapter 6. I want to read a little bit there from verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That is the work of God. Jesus said, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. And indeed, as I said last week, if you were in a church where all the teaching is about you, 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 how you can do this, how you can get better at that, how you can have more of this, when it's all about you, because as I always say, the message of the gospel is not about you, it is not about me, it is about Christ Jesus, our Savior. It is about God's plan for man from the very beginning. Many believers today, many Christians today, I always say, I make a distinction between believers and Christians. Believers are those who truly know the truth, those who truly believe the message of the gospel and follow it and live for it. Then there are Christians, and that encompasses everybody, everybody who shows up in church, and even those who don't. Because in this society that we live in here, um, in the Western world, there are many people who say they're Christians, although they don't go to church. But they're Christians because, you know, my grandmother was Catholic, or my parents were Church of England, and so I'm a Christian. No, you're not. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But anyway, for, for, for the sake of this teaching, Christians, yeah, encompasses those saved and unsaved in the Christian church, or who, who, who claim to be Christians anyway. Now, a lot of them cannot even tell you what the purpose of man is. A lot of them cannot tell you why we are here, what we're supposed to be, to be doing, what went wrong with Satan, uh, or what did Satan do wrong, why was the sin of Adam and Eve so grave that it cost every man his life? Until, of course, Jesus rescues us and redeems us. Many people cannot tell you these things. They don't know. And these are the very basic things. Because unless you appreciate what you're supposed to be here for, you cannot appreciate what uh, and uh, the, the sin that had so um, that had tarnished us or stained us. Unless you understand that you cannot have a tr- true appreciation of the cross of Christ. And that is why, because of this lack of appreciation of the cause of Christ, that is why people walk around, though claiming to be Christians, they are unsaved because they have no connection whatsoever with Christ Jesus. Their connection, most of them, is with the pastor. And people do not know. They're not discerning enough to know that Satan has actually thrown his messengers into the church so just to bring confusion and to mislead people away. Satan does not have a problem with you going to church. So going to church is not your victory. He doesn't have a problem with that. As long as you do not go there to draw near to God, as long as you're in the wrong church, he's happy. And so we have these churches all over the place that are people-pleasing, churches that are seeker-friendly, will not say anything to upset you, will not talk about heaven and hell, will not talk about death. No, they teach you the power of positive confession. That theory or that notion comes straight from the pagan religions. 
and these places are there. The whole world, the filthy, sinful, depraved world has come into the church. Now there is the visible church and there is the invisible church. What we have around us every day that we see is the visible church. And in that is a lot of things that want that attempt to bring the name of our Lord into disrepute. Yes, when you have in church leaders, people who have got millions and hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands, and some even with a smaller crowd, much smaller crowd in some cases. But when you have in them being picked up on criminal for criminal activities, being convicted of criminal activities, when they are being caught in, the, in, in ridiculous sexual immorality, in all kinds of nasty fraud situations, when they are being caught in all kinds of cult memberships, then you know there's something wrong. Those, those are not part of the Church of Christ. Now, the Church of Christ is known by Christ himself. And those are the people who truly, truly love him and honor him with their lives. The Invisible Church. A lot of the members, all the saints who died are in heaven. They are part of the invisible church. And in this world we still have those who still pursue Christ with unrelenting zeal. Those who live for the will of God. Those who live to bring glory to the Father in their thought, word and deeds. Those who do not care anymore for this world and everything it has to offer. Do you not understand when the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 of Ephesians... Now, this is one Bible verse that is grossly misunderstood by many. But when the Bible says there, that uh, in Ephesians 6, when uh, from verse 10, it says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, a lot of people, particularly these deliverance-touting ministers of God, supposedly, they, they love to quote this verse. And then they tell the quote, and say, you see, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. And so they lead people in some imaginary battle against some demons that they cannot see, but they claim they see them. They believe they see everything going on in the spiritual realm. Why are you not an angel then? Because the, the spiritual realm, the heavenly realm, is for the angels. That's their territory. And we are not called to get involved in that. I don't care what title you have or what theology you studied. We are not called, believers are not called to engage ourselves in physical assault on the spiritual realm. You cannot even see what you claim to be fighting. But look at what Paul the Apostle said here. He said, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Against the devil's schemes. Not against the devil himself as a person. You cannot fight against Satan. Nor can you fight against his demons. So when people are being brainwashed and confused with all the spiritual jargon that people like to boast about and talk Jude talks about them. He says they know nothing. They like to talk about, you know, about the spiritual world as though they knew what they were talking about. He said even the little things they know with instinct, they shout it all about. But Jude says take your stand against these people. They are putting the church specifically, specifically for the purpose of confusing people. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're very good at it. 
Just because a person looks successful and they've got loads and loads, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of followers, and they've got a massive ministry and they look all so svelte and so materially successful, automatically in this world, sadly, translates to, ooh, is a powerful man of God. Ooh, she's a powerful woman of God. Says who? Says who? The, the most basic thing that you can do as a Christian is to measure every servant, their personality, their character, and especially their message against Scripture, the written word. Rather than sit there and let people keep delivering to you ideas from their own head, which they tell you God revealed to them. God is not revealing anything new. I say that, I will always say that, because God is not an author of confusion. That is why he delivered to us once and for all, through his appointed apostles and prophets, the written word. He has not continued to appoint apostles and prophets to deliver any new word, because that will bring nothing but confusion. And as it is, there's a lot of confusion going on, because of these agents of darkness, who are cleverly disguised as agents of light, who are tormenting the people confusing the people, leading people in rebellion against Christ. Jesus said, this is the work of God, to believe in the one he has sent. Believing in Christ is not just enough to say, Jesus is Lord. And then you go on your own way, you come into church, you act all holy and all that, sing the right songs, do all the right things, pay the right tithes, you know, pay, sow the right seed offerings, all for selfish reasons, because of what you want to receive outside of Christ Jesus, out of him rather. Because what you want to, him to give you. I mean, I hear these lunatics all the, all the time on the telly as they sell their Christian wear, telling people that God has spoken to me and told me that um, he wants to do a particular miracle for, for 1,000 people who will sow a seed of $1,000. And, and God is not going to do it. He needs your faith to activate it. So you need to quickly, very quickly, go to your phone and very quickly send that money. If you don't have it, doesn't matter. Pay it on a credit card. And, you know, when you pay it on a credit card, challenge God to pay off your credit card bill. And people fall for this kind of insanity. Since when have we paid God for anything? What can you pay God? What can I pay God? What have we got to offer the sovereign God? What have we got to offer him? I mean, these people must worship such a small God. That is so, he's needy, he's hungry, he's desperate, he needs the people's money. But I'm sorry, the God of the Bible, the almighty sovereign God, Jehovah El Shaddai, whom I serve and honor with my life, who bought me by the blood, with the blood of his son, he needs nothing materially from me or from anybody else because there's nothing we can give him. Because all that we are and all that we have have come from him. He is the one who provides us with everything else. So there's nothing that we need, that we can offer him, that he needs from us. Ooh, God cannot do anything until he sees your seed, because that is what activates him to, 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 to do what he has to do. I don't know who that God is, that these, char- these charlatans, you know, advertise and speak about. But consider the hundreds of thousands of people that are falling for them and following them around, you know, following these people around, running after them and delivering to them all the money they should spend on their own life for, for which God has given them to pay their bills and do sensible things. They keep throwing all this money into the hands of these multi-millionaires 
who keep telling them that don't worry in no time at all your your miracle will come you'll soon be as prosperous as me look at my life see i've got everything because i've been obedient to god and so you model your lives they are your role models and the reason people are following these guys is because they look at them and they want people covet everything they want that they have they covet their standing they covet their popularity they covet their fame they covet their material wealth so they want to be like them and so they follow these people and obey their every word how many times have you read in scripture that the apostles preached about material things and you know why they didn't because jesus said we are not to concern ourselves with such things because he said our father in heaven knows what we need matthew chapter 6 take it from verse 25 to 33 Jesus said, the pagans run after these things. The unbelievers run after these things. They are the ones who are concerned about what they will eat, what they will own, what they will wear, what they will have. He said, you, you take your eyes and your mind off of these things and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you know what? You will never, ever be done with that. So don't even try and tell me, okay, yes, I mean, I'm born again, so I did seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So now I put that to the side. I'm chasing after the world. No. You will never be done doing it. You know why? Because we can never be made perfect in this world. We will not be made perfect until we see our Lord face to face. And so it is a lifelong battle. We'd have to try each day and strive and continually live each day for that purpose of bringing glory to God with our lives. With the things you do, with the things you say, with the thoughts that go through your head. And when Paul the Apostle warned against the devil's schemes. He didn't tell us to launch an assault on Satan because we can't. We simply can't. And the sooner you understand that, the better. Running after your spiritual fathers and mothers who claim that they are battling the devil for you and they are casting him in the abyss and they are binding him and they are unbinding him. You cannot bind or unbind Satan or his, or his demons. You can't do it. You are not powerful enough. What Paul the Apostle said to us, he said to us, look, we war against... He said, we need to stand against the devil's schemes. So you can stand, take your stand against the devil's schemes. He says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In the heavenly realms, like I said, that is not our territory. That is what the angels do. They fight the battles in the heavenly realms. We don't. We can't see the battles in the heavenly realms. Our duty is to here stand against the schemes, the ideas of Satan. And you know what? This doctrine of demons is one of Satan's greatest schemes that is going on at the moment because that affects the church directly. It is into the church of Christ that he has brought the idea of the health and wealth gospel, which is no gospel at all. The word of faith teaching. Do you know that nonsense only came into only came in in the into existence in in le, less than a century ago? So are we going to say that Christians for almost two thousand years didn't know what they were doing? They didn't know what they were worshiping or who they were worshiping. They didn't have the right relationship because they didn't even know how to speak in tongues. So of course they were not worshiping right for almost two thousand years. Is that what you say? But let me tell you one thing: the Christians of the early centuries 
they were so wonderful in their worship, so sincere, so true. Not, that is not to say that with, they didn't have amongst them those who had the uh, apostates. They did have apostates among them. They did have some who had gotten it wrong and followed false teachings. Yeah, heresies always been. It's been. That's why the Bible was able to warn us about it. We've always had false prophets from the Old Testament all the time. Paul the Apostle Peter, all of them faced a lot of opposition with false apostles and false teachers in their midst. And that's why they won against them. But you know what? When you consider the Christians who, out of their love for God, out of the relationship with Christ, wrote all the beautiful, beautiful songs that we sing in worship today. You know, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. When people sing that, and can it be that I should gain from the death of Christ? When people sing all this, you know, wrote all the songs, you know, they were just Christians. They were believers like you and I. Oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. All this beautiful, I mean, I could not even begin to tell you. I love singing hymns a lot. Because it helps me also to appreciate the, the depth of God's love for me. Because these songs were written by believers who, having come to know Christ, appreciated what Christ had done in their lives and the burst forth in songs for him. Their love songs. Beautiful, beautiful songs. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? All the songs that we, we know Great is thy faithfulness, O, Lord, o God, my Father. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. And can it be that I should gain from Christ, from the cross of Christ and the death of Christ? All those people understand all those things. They sang all those songs, so many, so many of them. One of these is I'm going to actually speak about quite a lot of them and their lives, the lives they lived. They didn't live in the laps of luxury, running around material things. No. For these people, nothing mattered anymore. But the salvation they had been gifted. Nothing mattered anymore in this material world. And that is exactly the precedence we have in the Holy Bible, in the scripture, about Christians. Once the people came to Christ, received that saving faith, they they buried themselves in living for the will of God. Material things just didn't matter to them anymore. We read in the Acts of the Apostles that the believers, having come to Christ and received the salvation, forgiveness and salvation, they put all their material resources together. Things they had been accumulating and acquiring before they came to know Christ. Things they thought were important before they came to know Christ. They put all all these things together and brought it all to the church so that the Bible says that there were no needy amongst them. They shared. They learned about the concept of giving. Not the kind of giving that has been taught nowadays, that if you give, you get a hundredfold back from God, so you give for that reason. No, they give for the right reasons. They gave because they, they, they wanted to, because they had the love of God in them, because they loved their brethren, because they, they didn't want to see anyone suffer. But they gave because these things were no longer so important to them that they wanted to hoard them for themselves. They gave for the right reasons. Not because they wanted to get back in return. That is why most people give nowadays. All that seed sowing nonsense, just because of what you want to get back, because that's what they tell you. If you sow the seed, you get that back. We're supposed to give in obedience to God. 
We're supposed to give in sincere love for God. Whether you get anything back in return, it does not matter. We're supposed to give especially where we know we cannot get a return back physically. But now people just want their physical returns all the time. And that's why they give. And people don't seem to understand. Paul said we need to be able to stand against the devil's schemes. Fighting imaginary battles against demons in your life don't help. If you are a believer, if you're truly Christian, if Christ is truly in your life and your life is in Christ, where did you get the demons that are tormenting you from in your life? And people say they're casting out demons from within you and you go there and foolishly kneel before some ridiculous demon himself clothed in human skin, claiming to be your father in the Lord, your spiritual head. There's only one spiritual head, and that is the Christ. There's only one Father, and that is God Almighty, and He's in heaven. So you keep adopting all these fathers and mothers who spit a lot of nonsense over your head, telling you they're casting out demons from you. Where do you get those demons from? If you're really saved, you don't have any demons in you. It is simply not possible for a believer to be inhabited by demonic spirits. Simply not possible. It is simply impossible. Because Jesus said, when we come to him, he seals us with the Holy Spirit. He puts the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to inhabit us. He's the deposit guarantee in our salvation. And Jesus said, when you abide in me, and my words abide in you, he said, my father will love you, and we will come and make our home with you. So I'm sorry. Within me is contained contained the spirit of the almighty God. The spirit that leads me, that drives me, that opposes me, that teaches me, that corrects me. The spirit by which I'm able, in whose power I'm able to stand against the schemes of the evil one. That is why I'm able to discern all the tricks of Satan. That is why I do not fall for the nice things that I see and hear in the world. But I hold only to the words of Christ alone. That is because the Holy Spirit of God is in me. God the Spirit. I, he has made me his habitat. He has made me his temple. So I do not see where Satan or his little minions can have any room to inhabit me. The same temple. It is simply not sensible. It is not logical. It is not true. We are not told to be casting out demons out of one another as believers. Only Jesus delivers. Only Jesus delivers. Now Satan has brought his cunningness into the church. And the people are blinded. They are blinded to his schemes. The very one in we have in the Bible. And we are going to go, as part of this teaching series, this series of the Believers Battle, we are actually going to go into this full armor of God that Paul describes, and we are going to talk of each one, that you may understand that we are not asked to assault the devil or spirits. We are not asked to assault them. We are actually called to be on the defensive. Yes, we are called to be on the defensive. We are not told to attack by any by any measure whatsoever, and that is why James the he, he said exactly the same thing. He echoed the same thing when he said in James chapter four. James said to us, "Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." Resist James four seven. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He didn't say attack the devil and you will cast him in the abyss. He didn't say attack the devil and you will bind him forever. Because it was not possible to do so. How many times have we read of, we read of the apostles? Powerful as they were because God endowed them with special powers which we do not have in this age. And the sooner you understand that the better. And stop following people around who claim to have all kinds of powers. 
all the ridiculous occultic powers with which they dazzle you and mesmerize you. They are the very ones who bring in the very mist and gathering of, the, of demonic spirits, because they belong there themselves, they belong to Satan. Why are people so fooled by what they see? Why is there so much lack of discernment? Why is there so much lack of understanding? Christianity is not a work of intelligence. It is one of wisdom. The wisdom that is from God. And that wisdom is Christ Jesus. When you are able to embrace his words fully. When you are able to embrace his teachings fully. You will find that you have nothing. Nothing. To concern yourselves about and worry yourselves about. That Jesus has not taken care of. And all you have to do is take your stand against the devil and his schemes. That's all we're called to do. But you see, people just love the teachings of Satan. And he knows, he knows people love it. That's why almost every other door in every major city of the world now is one church or the other. Oh yeah, one church or the other. There's a, you, you know, all over the place. There's a particular place in uh, somewhere in southeast London. It's actually called Rye Lane. But now, you know, we sort of nicknamed it Church Lane. <laughs> because almost every door is a church of one type or the other. The amazing thing is all these churches are related. They don't even have a good relationship within themselves. They're all in competition. In competition for business. Because each one opens shop. Not to preach salvation or the kingdom of God. But to preach materiality and material blessings and material wealth and miracles and, and good health and signs and wonders and all that nonsense. That is not the message of the gospel. And that is why people will continue to be, be, be deceived and robbed. The irony of it, you know, is people are not just being robbed materially. That is okay. That's not a big deal. Material things, they come and they go. But the most hurting part is that they're robbed of their souls. Oh yes. Because unless you are in the right place, hearing the right teachings that bring you into that relationship with Christ, whereby you can be useful to Christ and honor Christ with your life, you are wasting your time and you are wasting your life. And so when the Lord comes, you will not be ready to face him. That is why you have Christians today who tell you, Ooh, I hope Jesus doesn't come yet. I'm not finished yet. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The Bible says as believers, we should look forward to, the, to his return as porn is coming, as we encourage one another. Now, let me tell you, I am in a battlefield. I appreciate my calling. That is what every Christian is called to do. We're called to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. We are called to expose the lawless deeds of darkness and expose them, have nothing to do with them. I am a soldier of Christ. I will not keep quiet. I will continue to shout from the rooftops and every opportunity about the charlatans and apostates in our midst because they have brought the world into the church. The world needs to get out of the church. The church is supposed to go out in the world. Look at that. How many churches today have got the impact, the apostles, as few as they were, and the early church have got had on the world? That we're bringing people in and luring people in and, and collecting great crowds because of the deception and lies about the money they can get and the miracles they're going to receive. is not That's not gathering people unto Christ. That's gathering people unto themselves who will bring in money. Because the, more, the higher the number, the more the money that comes in. Look, we are in a battle. And you're either in this battle or you've been defeated already. If you're truly a believer, you know you are in a battlefield. And that battle, Christ is at the head of it. 
And we cannot fight it except with the weapons that he has blessed us with. That is his wisdom, his word. We'll continue this the next time. Until then, I'm Sarah Jalai Manuel.